The Redneck Tech Podcast is brought to you by Mike'sArchery.com. They're a one-stop shop for virtually everything archery, bow hunting, and for your next outdoor adventure. Mike's Archery has been at the top of the archery game for over 50 years, and they want to give listeners of the Redneck Tech Podcast 10% off their entire online store using the code REDNECK10, all one word. Just put the code in before you check out, and your boys will hook you up. The guys at Mike's have always been good to us, and now they can be good to you too. Visit Mike'sArchery.com and get your gear now. Right here, right here, right here, right here. Yeah. You want it? Yeah. Episode 168. We are live in the very much improved Redneck Tech Podcast Studio. So if you are one of the late night crowd like we are tonight, you are going to notice something in the frame. Hopefully you're watching. If you're not watching now, you should go watch. Because if you're watching later on, this will still be up on the YouTube. Um, beside me is Dustin Apple, White River Rambo. And uh, we're going to get into the story of how we met in a second. But... Dustin showed up today, unannounced. Ryer knew, conniving. Ryer knew that Dustin had this idea of showing up and making this incredible podcast table, studio table, you know, monstrosity of a table that... um, She's big. She's big. She's hefty. She's a big girl. Um, For the podcast studio, because... Obviously, he watched and saw that pitiful table we've been sitting behind, and this is not that table anymore. Um, it is, first of all, didn't see it coming. Second of all, by far the coolest thing I've ever been given, and you can tell by looking at it, and you won't be able to tell just by viewing it, but like if you if you're watching this and you should, there's a little pin right here in the middle with his logo on it. The whole center section, this table pulls out, flips over, and this table goes from like a, semicircle shape to straight across. And it's like, what, nine, how many feet? Nine what? Nine, two, nine, three. Nine, two, nine, three. Um, and did the thought and the engineering, and obviously you see the aluminum welded legs, that's kind of his specialty, and that's what he does a lot of now is content creation for weld.com, which we're also going to get into in a minute. But, like, I just wanted to talk about my new baby for just a second and take it all in. And I wish you guys had smell-o-vision. Because <laughs> this thing smells so good, this cedar, man. And like I told, I asked Dustin, I said, how long is it going to smell like this? And he said, a long time. But if you want it to smell like that again, just like scratch underneath the table like a cat, and you can start smelling it again. <laughs> it, it's the gift that keeps on giving. It really is. But like, it, I, mean, I know you out there like smelled cedar. Like this room is, smells like some cedar. Yeah. And it is awesome. So this is straight out of Indiana, custom made yep. by the one and only White River Rambo. I appreciate it. Man. And this is your first table. I, I've never made a table before. Well, just you knocked it out of the park on your first <laughs> one. And I told him, and I was like, well, you ruined me now because when, when and if we get this new office built, you're going to have to build a kind of matching conference table because we'll have this one in the podcast studio till the end of time. And then we're going to build, if we ever get this new office built, we're going to build like a probably a cool 10-person um conference table just a big rectangle table with 
something similar to this would just be awesome and to tie it all together. I bet if I find another piece of wood like this, it ain't going to be that easy, though. No, it won't be easy. Um, no pressure or anything. Probably, <laughs> probably cost you. But, oh, I'm sure it will. Um, but, hey, dude, it's Anything right. is possible. Oh, yeah, for right? sure. So, um, but first of all, I've told you this a couple of times, but I'll tell you again and publicly, thank you. This was still head and shoulders the coolest thing I've ever gotten. Unexpected. Um, and that just, like I talk about it all the time on the podcast, like people that have passion, you can look at this desk and tell that a passionate person spent a lot of time slaving over this wood and this aluminum. I mean, look at all the welds, just the welds. Holy crap. Like, so, and you pulled up and you opened the bed of the truck and I just saw like this giant hunk of metal. So I, I know you will relate to this on an edit. Mm-hmm. Okay. You will work your butt off on an edit and then you will play it back. You're like, God, it sucks. Mm-hmm. I should have done this different. I should have done this different. Mm-hmm. I should have done this different. I can't look at this <laughs> because just the slightest little imperfections mm-hmm. that I know I'm better than, mm-hmm. but a really cool idea turned into a really crunched effort. Oh, yeah. Well, and then that, yeah. Accompany that with an eight hour drive to yeah. get here in a yeah. timely manner. And I just, it works. Yeah. Like it, it's good. Um, and this is a, it's a wax top. Um, I've never used wax before. <laughs> Thank God for YouTube. <laughs> um, and I think it works. You know, I, I wanted a rustic feel to the top to match the background. Mm-hmm. Um, and being a videographer and stuff of that nature too, I, I wanted to make sure that we didn't overshoot it. Mm-hmm. Um, and my wife, Amy voted, the complete opposite. She's like, oh, make it red and make it pop. You know how you can really do a cedar and brown. I, mean, I would have loved it either way, I'm sure. And uh, I was like, yeah, I just I want to tone it down. Mm-hmm. I want it to be a functional piece, but I want to keep it toned. You know, so. Well, it's, I, I, I mean, just the, the, the engineering into, like, the tables actually technically two tables and, the, you know, the rough cut sides and the, 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 the semicircle shape and, it literally is tailor made for this room. Like it, I, don't, I wouldn't have wanted it any smaller. I wouldn't have wanted it any bigger. Um, did you like get the dimensions of this room, or did you just guess? Did like Ryer help you with dimensions? So, I know you're a big guy. Oh, um, naturally, and, yes. And I'm looking at Ryer. I know I've seen Ryer before, mm-hmm. so I know what size he is, and and I know Clay's not that big. Mm, and well. I I was looking at the table, and I'm like, I'm betting that is like six and a half, seven feet across there. Yeah, ish. And then I'm like, but there's two extra feet on that side and a foot extra on that side. And I bet he could get a wider lens if he needed one. Oh, yeah. So. Well, that's yeah, we, that's something we need to do anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, this is what I decided. Um, and pretty much the idea that I turmoiled over in my head for a few sleepless nights, <laughs> it, it pretty much stuck true to fashion once the end product. I'm hearing a lot of similarities from a tough edit to this. There's a lot of parallels. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you. And it, you you can't sleep. You're, yeah. you're upset about it, and you're thinking, oh, what if I did this? And you think about all the things you would do differently now. Yeah. yeah. Or I wish I'd have taken a little more time to do this or to prepare or not kill myself because you said you what you put it in the truck last night at midnight Yes. and then left at 5 o'clock, so or, you had a solid night's sleep. So – the the top itself and finding the the right piece of wood was a big challenge. It mm-hmm. was almost a month to the day to where 
I was, you know, started looking from the time I got that piece of wood back to the house and, and, uh, I'm like, damn, now it's only like three and a half days till it starts. <laughs> Perfect time. I'm like, well, you know, if I show up on day three, it's no big deal. But, um, yeah, I was like, I was texting Ryan. I was trying to get a production out of it. I'm like, dude, I'm like five miles down the road. Get your camera rolling. Because when I show up, I like, I want a reaction video. Oh, really? Yeah, he didn't do it. Come on, Ryer. <laughs> You're killing me, dog. Uh, he, he's like, I don't know. Just do whatever you want to do. He goes, just pull up and surprise him. All right. Well, I just, you did. You I surprised just, the crap out of me. I just barely got my head in the tent, and I heard him go, well, there's Dustin Apple. <laughs> I was like, damn it. I haven't even seen him yet. Yeah, no, I saw as soon as you pull up, I'm like, I didn't know you were coming. I was like, I don't remember. Did he ask to come? And I'm sitting here thinking, he might have asked to come, and I completely forgot. And I was like, I feel like a butthole right now because I don't remember. But, hey, he's here. But that's kind of what I wanted to get to, too, is like you were one of the very first classes that I did when I started Redneck Tech, and um, that would have been, what would we say, 2019? 2019. So, so you came to my production class in Franklin, Tennessee yep. in 2019, that would have probably been my first or second class after I started Redneck Tech. I think you said it was your second. It might have been. I, I, honestly, they, they're running together now. But, but the coolest part about that is, and this is kind of what makes me so happy, obviously I'm really happy about my table, but what really makes me happy is now, after, and I'm not, ta- I'm not taking credit for this by any means, but now you get to actually create content for well.com you found a passion even outside of the custom boats and the hunting and the boat fishing to where you know you found a you found your calling in a niche and now you're getting to to chase and do what you wanted to do it's it's a blessing for sure because i i literally walk 35 feet out my back door and open up my small little barn which is literally double the size of this room and I start making content. Mm-hmm. I fire up the welder, and I fire up whatever. And, you know, some of it's on social media, and some of it is deep intellectual talking about the processes of welding and creating. And, and you know, and then weld.com finds value in that. And, and uh, we just launched a, a new app. You can get the weld app. Um, no matter what type of weld process you're looking for, whether it's aluminum or stainless or pipe or structure or whatever, um, you can join the weld app. And I think right now there's like 16, 18,000 welders all around the world yeah. who are on there every day. Um, and that's pretty good for just starting out. Um, yeah. And so we have, of course, Weld has a YouTube channel too that's got like 900,000 subscribers. Jesus. But um, that's the free content. If you want the in-depth how-tos and whys, it's at a premium on the app. So what side of the content are you on? Are you on the free side or the paid side or a little bit of both? I do both. You do both? I do both. So if if a customer comes in and I do a boat repair, I film it. And I, you know, talk about the bad and and what it took to fix it. And and I do my own little edit sometimes. Sometimes I just kind of leave it up. I have my own editors now. Do you believe that? Stepping on up in the world, like, <laughs> I like it. I uh, when when we uh, we filmed some of this build, um, and I come up here and I I uh, I went through my uh, video content and I numbered each one and I 
I, you know, culled the the, yeah. the do overs, and I took it down there to Ryer, and he's like, "Man, you you numbered all these." Yeah, I'm like yeah, that's you know, kind of easier I, on you. Yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, yeah, it's it's cool. So, weld finds value in everything that I do, but the free stuff or the just the little repairs, it's about welding. Mm-hmm. It shows me, it shows my brand, it shows my shop. It's more exposure for me. And they pay me for it. Mm-hmm. So it's wild. Well, you like triple dipping. That's what I like to it hear. It is. It's absolutely triple dipping. And then. I mean, you can get double when, dipping. But then if you get triple dipping, like, that's pro level stuff. You can't teach that. When, you know, when somebody comes with a new product or a new welder. I mean, we've, I've already had a few new welders come into the shop. and oh, it doesn't and suck. It doesn't suck. <laughs> I get to open a brand new box and say, hey, check this out. Yeah. This is what it's capable of. And here's where you can buy it. So. Yeah, it's it's really cool to get stuff in the mail that nobody else has even seen. All right, here's a here's a question I just thought of. So let's you've you've done stuff in the hunting industry for years. I know you've done stuff with Faraday and Muzzy, and that's kind of where we met even before you came to a class was through the hunting stuff. Yeah. How does creating content and being around content creators and seeing content in the hunting world compare to what you're doing now that's completely unrelated to hunting? Like like what would be the big major differences you think? I got a I got a really long answer for that. Okay, well then, hey, we got none but time. So I used to I used to wait and hope for an opportunity. Mm-hmm. I, I used to hope for somebody to see value in my passion. And everybody would tell you no. Everybody would tell you that it's you know you can't do that. You won't do that. You won't be good at that. Mm-hmm. I just kind of sick of listening to all those people, and I just started doing it for me. And sooner or later, I turn around and there's people watching me. Mm-hmm. I kind of turned that into a job. Now, how that's different from what I was doing with bow fishing and stuff and working for product versus working for a company that sees me as an asset and sees me as something to grow with, um, that's night and day. Mm -hmm. They're... They were both really large corporations. Now, the corporation that I'm working with now has like 90 different brands in the welding industry all over the world. and But there are two separate entities. The corporation side of it and the media side of it are two separate things. So I'm only on the media side of mm-hmm. it. Um, so I only, have, I only have like three people to talk to that are over me, you know, that say, hey, I'm sending you this product. We need 10 videos of that product over the next few months. So whenever you do a video, insert that product in there. And then when you upload that content, make sure you tag that product. That way we know when it goes to the editing room floor that we can push that through. And that's part of our contract. Yeah, for filling yeah, yeah. That out, right. So um, it's really wild to see the side of it. Um, and I know you see the side of it, you know, as far as, coming through on contracts, right, or mm-hmm. coming through on production. Um, and I never really – I didn't connect the dots until now. Yeah. Until I, I see all the stuff. So um, there's a lot of similarities. It, it's all passion-driven. Yeah. Um, but now, I don't know. I get so much more out of it now. Yeah. I don't have – I don't have people telling me that I can't. Well, I think it's what you said at the very beginning is you started doing it for you and not for someone else. 
and you weren't trying to create something that you thought people wanted to watch. You created things that you wanted to watch yeah. and that you thought would resonate in the relatability side of it. And like, I mean, we've talked about that until we're blue in the face. Is like, you know, especially on the hunting side, we fight the battle all the time of how do we create genuine content that resonates with as many people as possible and not necessarily worry about making sure we sell a product. It's creating content for us to where we don't feel like we're selling our soul to do it. Um, and I, I, that's a struggle that I think every content creator in every genre has, you know, regardless of the, the medium, whether it's hunting, fishing, um, welding, cooking. I mean, it doesn't matter. Um, I think there's always some part of that that's like, okay, first of all, why did you get into it? You know, ask yourself the why. You know, well, I started hunting. I love hunting. I love being outdoors, you know. And you said you didn't know anything about welding. You picked it up and learned on your own. To me, in almost every business venture or person I've ever met, those are always the best ones. The ones that taught themselves because they wanted to. Yeah. Not because they had to, not because they went to a class, not because they got a degree or, you know, they had some professor or some mentor. It's like, you know what? I think I could do that. I want to try it. I want to fail and I want to get up again. I want to fail. I want to get up again. I want to fail. I want to get up again. And you get knocked down enough times, you start getting pretty good at something. Do you have a degree? I do, but not in this. What is it in? Business administration. Okay. And you're good at business. Uh, I But I can't give that to my business administration degree. It was completely useless. So I went to college, um, did a two-year program, and like right before the two years was up, and was going to get a uh, associates in uh, computer-aided drafting and that sort of thing, I didn't want to be in an office. I didn't, oh, okay, I well, didn't want same. to. And, and to me, that's what CAD and that's what all that stuff was. Mm-hmm. Now, if I had somebody tell me that it was programming CNCs and doing stuff like that, I probably would have liked that. Yeah. But I left all that because I, I didn't I didn't want it. When I started to tinker around with welding, it was I wanted to kill more shit. Mm-hmm. I, like I wanted to be better at hunting. They didn't make the perfect boat. Mm-hmm. And I, I know I was going to resonate with someone. Um, I used to go to Bass Pro Shops and pick something up and think, "Yeah, this is this is almost good." And <laughs> almost. I, I would be standing in the checkout line thinking, "Yeah, I'm just going to cut this off here and then drill that and then make this better." And then, <laughs> yeah. And I, like I have that sickness. Yeah, I still do. Um, and just one day, I just kind of stopped doing a lot of that and just started building stuff by myself. Mm-hmm. And it, like it was. It was accelerated high school shop class mm-hmm. for a long time. <laughs> yeah. But when you want to be better, you just keep doing the hard things. Yeah, but you but I think that's anybody that's got passion for something is like they're never like there's never an end to it. It's like when are you gonna be satisfied? Never. I'm never yeah. gonna be satisfied. Because if I you know, that, that final goal that I have is like you know, let's put it in a, you know, uh you know, football reference is like, you know, I wanna win the Super Bowl. It's like, okay, well, you've won the Super Bowl. You got, you know, got everything you wanted. Now what? Well, now I want to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Now, all right, you made it to the Hall of Fame. What do you want now? It's like, well, I want to be considered the best there ever was. <sighs> okay. You know, and then it's like, there's, there's no end in sight. It's like, how, how do you, and that, and, and that sometimes that bothers me because I'm, I, I, I relate to that because uh, like now, even like how Copeland Creative and Redneck Tech have morphed, it's like, I'm now more into the managerial strategy marketing role now 
and first of all, never saw myself as as being that and never thought I was going to be good at that. Still don't think I'm very good at it. But I get to, it challenges me because it's not something that I ever thought I'd be doing. And now I get enjoyment out of creating relationships, managing relationships, managing clients, trying to streamline what we're doing. How can we, you know, make another 5 or 10% on a project? How can we streamline our processes? How can we bring in the best people? How can we create an environment that the best of the best want to be a part of? And um, that now, that creative side of what we do really gets me going now. Where it used to be, and stories stories will always be at the center of what I want to do um, and, and why I do what I do. But the way that just even this job has changed, which you, oh, you ain't kidding. Um, yeah, Travis, yeah, dude, yeah. Uh, Mike's Archery needs one of these. Um but, you know, even how this job has changed over the years and how it's just done things that I never saw it doing in this industry. I mean, you've seen it change, too, once you made the comment before we got on here about I've been doing this for 10 years, which offended me a little bit because I feel old now. But, um, you know, it's just, you know, it's a constant battle. It's a constant change. But that's like kind of like seeing you go from – grinding in the hunting industry to getting fed up with, you know, this is bull crap. I'm going to do this for me, you know, and then something like weld, you know, welding. How long have you, when, when did you take up welding? When did you build your first boat? Uh, so I picked up a camera. Um, I just was talking to him about, um, I started that YouTube channel um, about midsummer of 2011. Okay. And like right before then, I was uh, I was taking pictures and just posting on the thread. Well, the people before me that inspired me to work on my own boat, they did pictures. I'm like, I got to step it up. Mm-hmm. I got to start doing video. Mm-hmm. Had no idea what I was doing, and a lot of it was just here's what I did today, you know, and that mm-hmm. was it. Um, and some of my some of my better builds was you know later on, but. Um, I I started enjoying the the back and forth and and when I would learn something I'm not near as organized as you are when I would learn something I would like I would research it out and figure it out right I got it I got it. so I'll make a video on it mm-hmm. this is how it's supposed to be this is what you need to do I'd record it I'd put it up on YouTube basically I'm doing it for myself mm-hmm. if I ever need that information again I go back to it yeah and I literally, that's how I started doing that. And I got a lot of people following me because I was passionate about it and I was a, a little knowledgeable. I'm not going to say that I was very knowledgeable about some things because there's a lot of those videos I'd like to go back and redo. Yeah, same. Um, <laughs> but when it comes down to it, it was all just about passion and, and taking the time. Yeah, and finding where you fit in. You know, I think that's the hardest thing for a lot of people is they they want to be – Michael Waddell they want to be you know this but there's only one Michael Waddell there's only one Tiffany Lukoski and it's like you found a way to be yourself and to chase your passion and you know I tried to do the same thing and um, I, I just everything 
like lately just I feel like everything in my life and everything in, in, in this business is like everything keeps pointing back to passion and stories. Yeah. And like how do you take those two things and bottle them up and give them to someone else? How do you take the that emotion, that feeling, that you know, hair standing up on the back of your neck when you think about that next project or that next build or that next hunt or that next thing, and how do I bottle that up and give it to somebody? Um, there's not an easy answer, an easy way to do that. Um, it's one of those deals to where we're constantly trying to learn better ways to do it. We're constantly trying to figure out how can we be better storytellers and content creators and, and people. And I think that's the hardest part. You know, I try and, which we talked about it a little bit, just trying to be a good person and trying to be genuine and intentional with everything that you do. Because, I mean, especially, I mean, we've watched hunting content. You can see right through people that aren't being real. Yeah, You can see right through people that are there for a sponsored dollar. And if they get offered $2 from this guy over the $1 they're getting, they're going with the $2 guy. Um, I mean, we talked about that earlier. So, and there's, there's plenty of that. Yep. Um, and I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that me and my clients at some point hadn't fallen victim to that too. I think anybody has. Um, but you know, I've said it before, I've worked hard enough to try to where we can be able to say no to projects and not do things that we feel like we're losing our soul when we do them. Um, but I think it goes back to what you said originally, doing it for yourself and doing it for the right reasons and that kind of recenters me like the film that we just finished like we did that for us we didn't do that for anybody else and like that reinvigorated me to be like okay now what can we do how can we make it bigger and better and um dive deeper down the rabbit hole i guess um and then you talk about like you know we were talking about archery you know the rabbit hole that is archery and then you talk about the rabbit hole that is storytelling and content creation. The rabbit hole that is creating a, you know, a custom boat or a custom table from scratch. You know, there's, is there one way to do it? No, that's the beautiful thing. There's a million ways to do it. So I, I'm at a loss. Um, Travis's buddy downstairs does watching your kids from time to time. Oh, Derek. Derek. Yeah. Thank you. We were talking earlier how he, how he, you know, specifically focuses in and, and helps people with their social medias. And I was talking about how I am multidirectional, okay? There's no two ways about it. I may talk about electrical wiring one day. Yeah. And I may talk about the next video camera I bought the next and then talk about welding the next day. And then at, he's like, you just need to start multiple accounts. Just like my TikTok there, I, I had one of my archery followers say, man, we need to talk about some archery. That's great, man. Mm-hmm. It's February. I'll get around to it. <laughs> I'll get around to it. It's like, um, but, and maybe I'm missing out. So I still struggle. <laughs> One of the first times you and I met on the ATA floor, I, I really struggled uh, about like the platform that I wanted to stand on because I wanted to be that guy in the hunting industry. I wanted to be that guy in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have anybody behind the camera to put me in front of it. Mm-hmm. And so I started paying attention to, to production and, and all those things. And, and sooner or later, I started 
being that talking head, okay, just about information. Well, I got good, I got decent at that, right? Mm-hmm. I can share information, but so how do you build on that? And I, I struggle with that. Like, I've been to like seven ATA shows, and I hand people my card, and I say, hey, look, this is what I do. I mean, YouTube, I got all these followers, I do all this stuff, and I tell people about product. If you want to work with me, let's work with me. Mm. I have never had an email. Yeah. Not a single time. I mean, this industry is something else. I think, but, I, you know, I wish I had an explanation. I wish I had an explanation for things that I've seen and been asked about. Um, I could go into some reasons I think, and they're not reasons that we can nicely, politely say on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everybody kind of gets what we're going with is we're the wrong sex. <laughs> That's probably yeah. part of it. Um which that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day. Um, and there's nothing wrong with, and I'm all about getting anybody I can involved in the outdoors for the right reasons and telling the story the right way and, and promoting products the right way. Um, but I've got a face for radio. Yeah. Well, what, so do I. That's why I'm behind the camera. What, what do you want to learn from this face? Yeah. It's, you're not going to watch it very long, but at, but at the same time, there's, there's a, there's also a, a relatability side to that. And that's what I always tell. Like, I think that's why, you know, people like Chuck. I mean, yeah. Chuck's not a good looking dude, but Chuck's a guy. Everybody knows a Chuck. Everybody's got a Chuck in their life. That There's a relatability factor to that. And I think that there's, um, I think in the hunting world, there's so much competition and there's so much people, so many people that are willing to work for free. And that really dilutes it for a lot of other people. Um, makes it hard for us. I mean, any every Tom, Dick, and Harry with a camera is willing to go work for these companies for, you know, for virtually nothing. You know, hey, you you know, post my picture on social, and I'll you know I'll do all this work for you for free. It's like, okay, well then I come in, I'm like, hey, I'd love to do these things, and here's the budget. And I'm like, well, you got guys will do that for free. Yeah, nice, nice to see you. All right. Well, that and then then you have you that comes in the middle of that all, all that. And you're caught up in the mix with everybody. You're caught up in the mix with me. You're caught up in the mix with every Tom, Dick, and Harry in the world. And then it's like, how do you differentiate yourself? How do you figure out a way to, to, to fill that niche? And I think what you did was the right thing to do is you found a way to do something that you're as or more passionate about and make money doing it. And probably have more fun and get to keep your soul. <laughs> you know, I yeah. think that comes down to it a lot too because – um there's so there's so many ways and it's so multifaceted. I mean, think about think about how much content there is out there now. I mean, it's it's just it's overwhelming. Even for us, even the amount of content we put out, like I can't even sit here and confidently say I've gotten to watch through everything that goes out of this office. I don't have enough time, you know, and much less go and consume content. Like I don't watch much, if any, hunting content other than what we put out anymore. You know, I just, that's not what, that's not, and where's my dad? That's not what blows my skirt up anymore. So, how can I put this delicate? <laughs> I had a hunting hero rip my soul out one day when he told me that he, you know, shot it with a certain broadhead and, and he pulled the broadhead that he was sponsored by and dipped it in the blood and took his pictures and, and like that, that hurt me. I just, I'm like, I can't do it anymore. I, I'm, I'm not that person. Mm-hmm. I am the, 
I will make it work. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't work, I'm not going to represent that company. Yeah. And <laughs> so that sweatshirt that I was wearing a little while ago, um, I tried to talk to them a little bit mm-hmm. and said, you know, you know that I talk to other people about your product and I do it pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to work together sometime, that's, and their reply was, well, you know, we, we trade products. Yeah. I said, I don't need products. I have 35 of your products. Yeah. Um, and that's that. I mean, if they call, great. If they don't, great. <laughs> it's, you know, it, it, it's, it's their loss. Yeah. Because I get calls, I get texts all the time. Hey, I'm having a problem, a problem with their product. How do I fix it? I said, call their customer service. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I figured it out. I made YouTube videos about it, about how to fix it. If you don't want to go watch those YouTube videos and learn how to fix it, then let them fix it. Yeah. And I, see, that once again, I struggle because I want to be the nice guy. Yeah. But everybody does shit for free. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody. There's a, there, you know, and, but again, there's a lot of people that do stuff for free. And the other side of that coin is still to this day, the top 10% of shows and content creators are getting 90% of the partner dollars. Um, and they're driving traffic. And we've had that conversation too. It's like, okay, there is value in just getting numbers and exposure. Like you look at some influencers and getting, you know, they've got some of them have a million followers on TikTok or Instagram or whatever. It's like, okay, that's great for getting traction and getting numbers and getting eyeballs. But at the end of the day, are they moving product? Are they selling a product for the companies they represent? I don't think they are. Um, because, which we've had this conversation, is we've gotten away from subject matter experts. We've gotten away from the people that are getting it done on a consistent basis. Um on every facet of hunting and fishing and archery and everything in between. Um, and we've, we've put more value on killing a big deer or killing a big elk and then making sure we get good pictures with it. But, you know, some of these people that are taking pictures with big deer and big elk, after they got the picture posted on Instagram, they probably could care less if that deer rotted in a ditch. And that's what kills me. That's what I was trying to get to earlier and i guess i kind of fell short of it was i couldn't tell you the last time i watched a hunting show yeah well aside from an hour ago (laughs) um which is kind of an injustice that the world will never see but i because i know i know how to edit (laughs) yeah i know how to tell a story whether that story was really what happened or not yeah and honestly it's it's kind of easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it can be. Um, it's just transparency is rare, and the people that are transparent just get well shoved to the wayside. It, and I think a part of the I part, think a part of the reason that the the transparent ones do get shunned and crap talked about them is because they're doing something that everybody else wants to do and they can't do it because they've got their hands tied behind their back by partner sponsors brands everything in between but i don't want to i don't want to harp on this all night what i want to talk about now is you did your first ever archery elk hunt this year right yeah i guess you could call it that (laughs) all right that's the story i want to hear now so 
Um, next week, I will be 45 years old. Okay. And, I mean, let, let's just be honest. Over the last three or four years, I've had midlife crisis after midlife crisis. <laughs> and uh, so, I have always wanted to go out west. Mm-hmm. Always. And, you know, aside from turkey hunting and stuff, I have. But um, I've, I just got tired of waiting. Mm-hmm. And I was hitting the TikTok pretty hard, and I, I literally asked 35,000 followers who wanted to go on an elk hunt. And a dozen or so came through and hit me up. And um, long story short, one in particular stuck out. And he lived about three hours away from me. Went and met him at a, at a bow shoot and got along with the guy. I'm like, you think we could spend two weeks together? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> never met the man. Mm-hmm. And we did. Um, went to Colorado. Um, what part of Colorado? Uh, just southwest of Rifle. Okay, well, that's really really close to where I was. Forty two, forty three. I was in. Like uh, I was right outside of Meeker. I was west of Meeker, so we went okay. past Rifle, and then I'd have to look it up. Got off at this little podunk town, and then went straight north up this forty five minute long county road up the top of the mountain. We started at twelve thousand feet mm-hmm. um, for the first three days and working down, and then when we moved areas. Um, I'd have to look to tell you because we, we moved complete area, and we dropped down to eight thousand feet, and we went up and down there. Um, in total, I think we were there for nine days. The first three days it rained, um, because we were at twelve thousand feet. Um, we saw some traffic, saw some people. You know, there were pe- people right on quads. Did you see elk though? I never saw an elk. Oh no! Nine days, never saw an elk. <sighs> That's rough. Um, I never saw a bear. Uh, I saw a handful of mule deer does, mm-hmm. and then driving out the the night before a big storm was coming, um, we saw a couple small mule deer bucks on mm. the road and a wolf. Oh, you did see a wolf? Yeah, I've never seen a wolf in the wild. So well, cross road in front of us. Yeah, that's as wild as it got. <laughs> um, so on day three or so, we stepped off into a bench. And, you know, we were hoping to to get into some grouse, too, because we bought the small game tag oh, yeah. and all that. And we did see a couple grouse, but didn't get a shot at them. And uh, another storm's getting ready to kick up and crest this little rise there, and there's a bull moose standing right there in front of oh, us. Oh, yeah, I saw a moose on my hunt, too. Well, we saw six in three hours. Oh, dang. Um, <laughs> it's crazy we saw more moose than we did elk. Yeah. Um which was really cool. Um, made a couple of TikToks on that, and a couple of videos, and took some pictures. Um, was was awesome. And then I found out what a bull moose tag would cost if mm. I had the points to draw. Yeah. And I was like, well, I got the best of that hunt. Yeah. So I'll just go home. Yeah. It turned into a, I don't know, $5,000 nine-day camping trip. <laughs> Hike in the woods with your bow. Hike in the woods with my bow. Um, if anybody... Decides that they wants to go. Um, everybody says that you have to be in ultimate shape. You have to, you know, be able to carry a 40, 50-pound pack with you everywhere you go. That's bullshit. <laughs> All you have to do is put one foot in front of the other and not stop. And if you do need to stop, just take a break. Um, we, the first place we went to had a lot of blowdowns. So oh, we yeah, that's miserable. Up, and it was terrible. Um but and and that area we were averaging five six miles a day, just kind of 
not really putting in a lot of Do you of get on any bulls bugling at all? Do you hear anything bugling? Uh, no, not, really. not for sure. Um, when we moved, there were some other hunters there, and, and we, I wasn't for sure if we were if we heard that other hunter or not. But, um, And then, oh, well, when we moved areas, we were able to put some miles in. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, I think the last day we put 12 miles in. What about any sign? Do you see any sign, any raking, any I, wallows, anything like that? I saw a lot of big bear sign. Oh, really? Uh, I saw big bear tracks. Do you have a bear tag? Uh, I did have a bear tag. Okay, so you were you were loaded for bear. You were I literally spent, ready for anything. I spent a 1000 bucks. Yeah. Um, I think it was a seven or I don't remember. I don't remember now. I think seven fifty or something for the over the counter elk tag. Seven something, yeah. One oh eight for the bear tag, and then eighty six for the small game. Um, I caught a little cutthroat trout. Yeah, that was. See, I did not buy a bear tag on my elk hunt this year, and we saw a mongo bear. I yeah. mean, a big one. Uh, I couldn't have shot him if I wanted to. It's too far. But I think he got downwind of us, and uh, he stepped out in the open. And I was like, Jesus, that's a big black bear. Um, but we – so we were right outside Meeker, um, and I was hunting some really small tracks of private. I mean, when I say small, like one of them was 80 acres, mm-hmm. which you might as well have been standing in the backyard looking at a bull elk in the football field across the road because that's like what I felt like because we were in bulls bugling off the property and like you couldn't and there's nothing you could do about it It was almost it would almost been better to not have heard anything than to have one screaming at you and there's nothing you can do about it and you can't call him up there he's not gonna move um because he he knows it's like they how do they know um we did see we we heard several bugling we did get on some one day we got relatively close but they were again off the property that we could hunt and it was um it was just really really frustrating oh glenwood springs okay um yeah where were we at i'm trying to sleep on row yeah we were where's meeker from there i'm looking at if for those of you listening i'm looking at it west of there yeah but it oh yeah y'all hammered that section didn't you jesus it was a cool time what what time what uh what were the dates you guys were there September 10th through the something, maybe? 10th through the something, yeah. Second and third week, I think. Okay. I'm trying to find. Um, oh, there's, okay, so we were we were a little bit north of you then, okay. Because we went, we hunted a lot of times. We were north of Meeker. Like, we would leave Meeker and go north, like, all the way up in here. So, uh, met a guy going out there on, on the TikTok. I was kind of keeping up with what I was doing. And uh, this guy said, yeah, I'm going out there about the same time. And, and uh, we're, you know, we're on the same highway and we'll, we'll be about rifle about the same time. We're going to eat at Hooters. Nice. And I'm like, really? Oh, and I, so I Google it to see how far. Met that guy at Hooters and he was hooking up with some of the unguided guys. Nice. And so it's really small world, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It is it is a small world. Um when you think about it, the you know, the movers and shakers in just about every major industry, I think it ends up being really, really small. Um but uh yeah, um uh, we've been talking for forty five minutes. This is uh again, I wanna wrap up by saying again, thank you. This table 
and the the gesture I think is the the, the even cooler than the table like well the thought of it like I really appreciate it and like I can't I guess can't we, express enough how I guess thankful we never got to that so the whole <laughs> thought process behind this was anytime I ever needed anything Caleb was there. I'm not real good when it comes to editing. I know just enough to be dangerous. And so when I get stumped, I ain't got nobody to call. But every time I text this man, he always answers me back. It doesn't matter if he's in a tree stand in Kansas or if he's at his daughter's recital. Mm. <laughs> he, he answers his phone. And you have been a complete asset to me. And this is just a small thank you. This is not a small thank you. This is a gigantic, very hard work, expensive because I know this is you know, there's a lot of just money and material here. Thank you. Um, and it was, it you know it's way too much. And I like, I I don't know how to. Like I told you when you told you know when you gave it to me, it's like I don't I don't really know what to say. Um, but other than thank you and like I appreciate the the thought and the gesture and the, you know there's not a whole lot of people that would do something like this. And I, I am not deserving of it at all. I mean, I'll answer questions forever. You know, I, I mean, I answer questions because it's what I love to do. And I like, I love good people, you know, and as, you know, as long as people are good and genuine and have genuine intentions, I'll help you until you, until you don't have genuine intentions. But I know I don't have to worry about that with you, but yeah. you know, I've always told people that, and I tell people that all the time and not many people take me up on it. It's like, if you need help, I'm here. I'll help you all I can. And if I don't know the answer, I'll tell you I don't know the answer. Yeah. Um, but I'll try and find it. Um, but again, this is way too much for me answering some questions. Um, but I, uh, I, I really do appreciate it. And if you, you need to, if you're around our podcast studio, you need to come check it out. Cause it like looking at this video, looking at the pictures, looking at Instagram does not do it justice. Um, yeah, he delivered it, drove eight hours, delivered it, put it together. Um, and uh, the first table you've ever built. I think, I hope that uh, some people see it over the next couple of weeks and you got to build some more tables. Yeah, that'd be a good problem to have. Yeah, heck yeah, it would. <laughs> but uh, I want to, um, I'm already thinking like how I would want to do the conference table. Like seriously, like you're going to have to build me a conference table now. I'll build you a conference table. I, it'd, I, it'd be an honor. Oh man, I would, I would absolutely love it. And I think we're going to have to find that Amish guy to give me some more cedar too. Cause, man, <laughs> I love the smell of this thing. It's so cool. Yeah, it's good stuff. But dude, again, thank you. Appreciate you coming. Appreciate you being a good person, being a good friend, um, and you know, flying the flag of redneck tech and um, content creation and sure, man. Um, Having a good time, but yeah. And where can everybody find you? I know I put your 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 Instagram handle or whatever in so, the thing, but where can everybody find you at? If you search White River Rambo on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, you're going to find me. YouTube as well. Um, i got two YouTube channels. I don't do a whole lot with the Outdoor Mentors anymore because that was my archery-only channel. But um, if you want to... Come over and check out some of the metal work I do. Um, White River Rambo Customs on Facebook. I'm really trying to grow my own personal page. Um, and just keep the content up. Yeah. So if you guys need anything specifically that you want to talk about, whether it be archery or welding or boating, I answer my phone too. 
Turns out he's kind of multifaceted, multi-talented. I only know one thing. I'm only good at one thing. So only call me if it's about video production. Outside that, you're on your own. You'll have to call Dustin for other stuff because I don't know how to do anything else. I can make good-looking kids, and I can do videos. But outside that, I'm, I'm pretty much useless. Uh, this has really been an honor to be on this podcast. I've been on a bow fishing podcast. I've been on a deer hunting podcast. I've been on a welding podcast, and now I'm on a creative yeah. podcast. Yeah, all so over the place. I, You're only, a only renaissance thing, man. Only thing left is automotive. <laughs> I, I just I don't care to wrench on cars. So. <laughs> oh well, that's cool. Well, uh, thanks, dude. And uh, you, like I told you earlier, you're welcome here anytime. Um, only thing I suggest is making sure if you text me and make sure somebody's here because we're not always here. <laughs> but yeah, uh, anytime and because uh, I mean, this is like I said, I want to try and create a place to where people want to come back and people want to be a part of what we're trying to do and uh, want to learn and want to hang out and you know learn from each other, you know, teach somebody something, you know, give away your knowledge. I'm all the way. I'm all about that the best I can. Um, and again, sharing passion, sharing stories. So we don't work against one another. No, you can't. That's, you can't. There's no sense in working against one another. It doesn't make any sense. If you don't, if you're still listening, <laughs> yeah, and you don't take anything else away, know that the the market is way too big, and your impact is so small that you're not working against yeah, anybody well, else. What's the saying? If you blow out someone else's candle, it doesn't make yours burn any brighter. Okay, I and, I, and I and I really like that. Like you know, it's like if I blow your candle out, don't make me burn any brighter. Yeah. You know why that? Doesn't, I mean, why would we, why did you do that? That doesn't make any sense. So, uh, you know, everybody rowing in the same direction. Everybody got each other's back and um, try to make a little money in the process. Yeah. Have fun doing it. Exactly. All right, guys. Peace. See. You.